Welcome to the Nurturing Podcast, where early childhood is the priority. In our podcast, renowned experts from around the world share actionable tips and techniques, experiences, and best practices for educators and parents. Welcome to part two of our conversation with Mike Wallach. In our previous podcast with Mike, we talked about the role of a behavioral analyst and learned in detail about purposeful parenting and how to practice it. In this part, we will talk more on how to manage behavioral issues, the behavioral scale, and how to build a healthy relationship with your child. We also talk about a common situation. When we find our child following or becoming a total fan of another child, which at times can be bothersome. So Mike, thank you for your time today. Uh, typically, there is a difference in how a parent raises their first child versus the second child. For example, in my case, the first child was, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like to call it controlled, but was a lot more guided and we could see the results of that guidance happen. But now with the second child, we see a, we see a complete difference. It's what the elder one does that matters more to the second child than what the parent asks them to do. And as a first-time parent, we often make mistakes. So there are things that we did not want to do with the first child, but now they are kind of set in him or her and kind of flows down to the second one. How does a parent handle that kind of situation? Yeah, well, two things. It reminds me of, so our firstborn, never for her first year, two years, never heard anyone scream or cry or, or being really loud around the house. We, we were very gentle around her and calm and singing. Now our third child, our third baby, like she hears screaming and loud music and loud voices all day long. So just those differences. And then the second thing I think about is uh, they say for, for children who parents maybe, let's say English is their second language, the child picks up the language more from their peers than their parents. So sometimes the child might not have uh, an accent, but, but the parents do. So the p- child is maybe more around children who are maybe English as their first language. Uh, so they're learning from them. So that, that, that's, totally, that's totally true all children. They pick up more ton from their peers and ton from their, their siblings. So if you're thinking about the older child, if they're setting a good example, like you want, you want to promote that good example. So every time your child is doing, not every time, but as many pos- times as possible, your child is showing a good example for your younger child. You want to promote that. Like, wow, that was awesome. Do you see how he's following you? And then when your child is showing, first child is showing an inappropriate thing, that we can remind them sometimes and sometimes just redirect them like oh remember they're gonna follow you so if you're you're crying they're gonna cry if you pinch they're gonna pinch absolutely we see that happen all the time but that is a really good tip Um, something that i will adopt today (laughs) so when dealing with a child's behavior a parent's awareness and coaching becomes critical especially in these days it was it was different in 20 20 30 40 years ago right as you know what are the key things that a parent should keep in mind while dealing with behavioral issues? So one of the main concepts I teach parents is this concept of a behavior scale. So think about uh, on one side of the scale, you have 
inappropriate behavior and on the other side you have appropriate and we kind of just touched on this but if you are loading up one side the side you want to load up is the appropriate side you want to focus mainly your attention on the appropriate side of, of their behavior if you are loading up the inappropriate side you're constantly saying hey don't touch that sit down get over here no don't do that don't do <laughs> guess what's going to happen your child is learning that that is when mommy or daddy gives them attention that is when those are the behaviors that have value. So you can think about a kid, maybe from your growing up, a kid who is constantly out of their seat and the, the teacher is constantly saying their name. Lucy, Lucy, sit down, Lucy, over here. Lucy, don't do that, Lu right? All day long, the girl is hearing her name with something negative, something inappropriate. All of a sudden, Lucy's at her chair doing some work and nothing, no no teacher interaction, no nothing. So the, the child's learning, and she's gonna do this for years and years and years to come, that when I'm out of my chair, when I'm poking kids, when I'm, uh, when I'm drawing on my desk, those are the behaviors that something happens. Whether it's yelling at me or not, something happens. So that's a huge one for parents to be aware of, if it's focus on the appropriate behavior. And the last thing I'd say about this is if you're going to give attention to something inappropriate let's say you have two 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 boys and one takes the toy from the other kid and you go over and help them learn how to get the toy appropriately if you're going to give attention to the inappropriate hey don't do that then you better give attention to the appropriate way five minutes later when he asks appropriately for that toy that's all new like oh my gosh high five that was awesome asking for that toy you want to show your kid that you are going to get so much more from when you're doing something appropriate than the inappropriate side that's a uh, this huge one for me i think about that daily even for myself awesome this is really awesome i think that is a very very practical tip yeah, and I, last thing I, I often say about this is I read a study that said 80% of our interactions with another person could be your, your brother, your sister, your, your, your mom. 80% need to be positive in order for us to have, like we talked about, a healthy relationship that totally makes sense, right? If it's like 50-50 or less, you would not want to hang out with that person because they're constantly like badgering you or, or on top of you or whatever it is being negative you'd be like ah, this is a hassle to be around this person so think about that 80 percent of your interactions need to be positive so i will repeat this for our listeners 80 percent of the time focus on what is appropriate this is what matters exactly so as a parent what has been your biggest challenge with parenting yeah, that's a good one. I think for me, especially, I, I guess, I, I think I talked about this earlier, high expectations. Yeah. I know, I know what I know, and I know so much about children and about behavior. And even me, I, I need to step back sometimes and just let my kids be kids. I need to let them grow and learn for themselves rather than constantly training or teaching or, or doing my, my textbook rationale behind their behavior. So I think that's for me is something I, I remind myself often about. Um, and while you were talking, I was trying to put myself in your shoes. You know, like a person who is a parenting expert, who knows pretty much everything that a child can do. So to your point, I think, does it make you kind of act like a perfectionist with the children? 
or does it make you more tolerant? Yes, I, I need to be tolerant, but you know the good side of things as well. Yeah, I think I, I think a little bit of both. You know, I, I I set the bar really high. I have patience for my kids and for myself uh, and for my wife, right? But I also I also like to kind of let loose a little bit too and not have to be on all the time and just kind of relax a little bit, let my kids go play and me just chill. And sometimes as a, as a parent, I often wonder, this is another challenge that I've seen, not just with me as a parent, but with other parents as well. We often wonder why my child is following someone, you know, almost like being practically in love with that person, one of their friends, whether he or she is doing the right thing or the wrong thing. That is what they want to do. Their taste might change based on how the other person or the other child is evolving. How should a parent handle such a situation? Yeah, so so sometimes children, they would have absolutely no words to tell us why they're doing something. For example, let's say a child is trying to get our attention. So I know my daughter, this is kind of off topic, but my, one time my daughter, I, w- I was talking with my wife and she throws a teddy bear and it, and it sails right between my wife and myself. We're in the kitchen and we're both frozen. Like what, what's going on? So I, I know what she's trying to do. She's trying to get our attention. So instead of me saying, Hey, go pick that up right now. You do not throw teddy bears in our house or whatever. Instead, I just, I just tell her, Hey, if you want your mom's attention, just ask for it. Say, mommy, I want some attention. So like five minutes later, like literally she goes and sits down and she says, mommy, I want some attention. <laughs> so my wife goes over and you know, I mean, she looks at me like, yeah, right. That worked. And she goes over to give my daughter attention to show her. Yes, that is a much more appropriate way to get my attention rather than throwing a teddy bear. So we avoid all that situation. So to your, to your question specifically, so I want, I want to show my child like who should you be hanging out with here are here's what's going to make you happy as an individual or or more happy if i don't know how old your child is or what situation might be if it's an older child i'm going to help them figure out like maybe like almost doing like a pros and cons like what 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 do you like about this friend what what makes you uncomfortable around this friend and then help them kind of see like if there's anything that makes you uncomfortable like you're you are you're okay to say it you can say it to your friend or you can just find other friends because that's the cool thing about being a kid you can instantly find new friends when you're at school or at the playground it's so cool as a parent as an adult it's like really hard to find new friends and then for younger children i would just kind of guide them if i find like there's a child that's maybe influencing my child in a more negative way i'm going to (laughs) try to guide my child limiting access to that kid or maybe helping be more i might my proximity might be closer when the when they're hanging out together if they're having a play day instead of letting them go off and do their own thing and me on my computer i'm going to be more with them to help the other child be more appropriate with my child or around my child this is a very helpful tip and we actually spoke to a lot of parents uh, we took a lot of their questions that they would specifically want to ask a parenting coach so this was actually one of the questions that came up again and again Children learn a lot from the environment and their peers specifically, right? So, so probably that's where it kind of stems from. And to your point, um, just to repeat, right? So make sure as a parent that you are there to guide your child and show them the difference between right and wrong. It, this is absolutely critical. Uh, Mike, moving on to our next question. 
in today's busy times work pressures internet parents can easily get too occupied in their own world everyone wants to be the best parent ever what is your advice to busy parents put the phone down yeah and be with your kids people talk about you know all the time like kids grow up so fast so when you put your phone down and you hang out with your kids you're going to most likely limit your demands uh de- lowering our demands put on children is just going to only increase the likelihood that they're going to follow our less demands also what happens typically when when you're on your phone and you're hanging out m- the majority of the time we're going to interact with our children is when something inappropriate happens so we're going to put our phone down and then hey you two p- give it up give it to your sister <laughs> rather than so our our kids are learning that that's that's when dad that's when dad jumps in is when we do something inappropriate he doesn't really care when we're doing something appropriate like we talked about the behavior scale so if we have our phone down we're sitting at the floor with our kids and we kind of put things off to the side it it slows things down for us right we have other things in our head that we're thinking about doing work related or or chores or uh not chores but house whatever it is errands and you can do those in time but there are there there's not enough time in the day i think to just chill with your kids and if that's a challenge for people i know i work with parents who who work at microsoft who are in the the military and they have zero experience with children and so if if i'm expecting them to sit down and play with their kids they're like how teach me what do i do what do i do what do i say with a kid to engage them in a in activity uh so there are specific things you can do to make yourself more uh to enjoy it yourself but also make it more pleasurable for your child to to engage with them absolutely relatable and and very helpful tip and we often hear that one of the key ways to manage behavioral issue is to stay calm calmer parents may mean calmer children well i i believe that's much easier said than than done it can quickly get frustrating so how does one stay calm and not give in to the frustrations when it seems like the whole world is tumbling over if i was if i didn't know what i knew about parenting and 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 behavior in children yeah i would i would have really frustrating moments and if i went to a parenting resource or or website or something and they just told me you need to be present you need to be calm with your children i'd be so angry i'd be like oh how can i be calm when my kid is kicking me in my shin or or splashing all the water all over the front whatever so there are specific things you can do that i teach five strategies five strategies that i use around the clock for many different behaviors those are so impactful in in helping the parent like we talked about be more purposeful helping the parent stay calm because they can see what's happening they can see the child's behavior and see their own reaction to that child and know like and think in their mind i love thinking this in my mind with children it's like yeah right yeah right you think you think uh spitting you think screaming you think kicking you think pinching is going to get you what you want i i'm sorry to give you that impression as an adult as a parent that ain't going to cut it and that's what we we should be thinking in our head rather than getting angry like Oh my gosh, I just told my kid not to kick me and then they just kicked me. <laughs> so, I think having that awareness of a child's behavior and the purpose behind it is so crucial to helping with calmness. This is again a wonderful tip, Mike. 
Um, and so we are coming towards the end of the podcast. And as we discussed before, there's a lot of information out there on child behavior, parenting tips and tricks on the internet, tons of books around. Is there something specific that you would suggest a parent refer to about how to deal with the child's behavior or just, as you said, you know, stay calm and be more present? Yeah. So if my wife was listening right now, she'd be like, don't mention any other parenting resource site. Um, so I can't do that because I'm afraid of her, but no. Uh, but yeah, check out my website, starfishparenting.com. Uh, there I have a, a, a parenting course. So it's typically for, for children ages one to six, typically developing children. This has nothing to do with, like we talked about earlier with, with autism. It's for any child, any parent. So it's a parenting course. And then also I'm offering coaching. If you feel like you need an extra, you need extra uh, attention or, or individualized plan for you and your family, like that's what I'm here for. You can hear the energy and the passion I have for children and for families. So if, if that's something you're interested in, like check it out. Uh, if you're looking for older children, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10 and beyond, uh, I don't, but if I, I can, maybe I can do some research and then we can put it like if you have like paragraph under the under the podcast, we can put it in there. <laughs> Absolutely, Mike. And I'll repeat that again for our listeners. If you want any kind of parental guidance, go to starfishparenting.com. Any specific child-related issues or specific family-related guidance that you might need, Mike is here. Please visit starfishparenting.com or you can reach out to us on Soko World and we will make sure that your request is directed in the right direction. Mike, again, we loved having you on our podcast and hope to have you back again soon. Thank you for all the wonderful insights. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Nurturing Podcast. This podcast was brought to you by Soko World, an all-in-one platform for preschools, daycares, and parents. Our mission at Soko World is to create super schools and super parents that are aware and engaged meaningfully to deliver better development and learning outcomes for children from zero to six years. To access our other podcasts and helpful resources, download our app Soko World, that is S-O-C-O World from your app store or visit blog.sokoworld.com. Again, S-O-C-O-World.com. Do subscribe to our newsletter so you can get news, resources, articles, and templates delivered directly to you to help you with your daily work and challenges. Thank you again for being such an amazing audience. Stay tuned.